Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Psychology Has It Backwards. This is Judy Sedgman, and I'm here with Christine Heath. And today we're going to talk to you about innocence in the way we use the word in the three principles understanding. So the first point I want to make about it is when we say people are psychologically innocent, we're not making a moral judgment. We're not saying that things that they did were right or wrong. We're saying that psychological innocence means all we can do is what we think is right in the moment. So what occurs to people to do is what makes sense to them to do. And when people are in a really low uh, distress state of mind, the quality of thinking that they have is poor. And the things that occur to them would never occur to them in a calm and relaxed and peaceful state of mind. So, for example, uh, taking something very simple, it would never dawn on a person in a quiet, peaceful state of mind to yell at a teenage grocery store clerk for making a mistake. But when someone's upset and they're in a hurry and they're anxious and they are ups- got other things on their mind, upsetting things on their mind, and something gets in the way of their making progress through their day, and let's say the clerk made a mistake and has to call for help to get it erased, uh, people get upset and they say things they would never otherwise say. When we say psychologically innocent, we mean that at that time, that's the best they could do. They couldn't come up with anything better than that, because given their state of mind and the quality of thinking they were doing, uh, that's what looked right to them. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't uh, point out to people that uh, they need to pay attention to their state of mind. And maybe when you're upset, is not a good time to be speaking your mind. Uh, and that the principles don't allow us the opportunity to point out to people when they do things hurtful or negative. But at the time they're doing them, they're psychologically innocent in the sense that that's it for them. They, that's what came to mind and they did it. It's interesting. I was listening to a, a young man talk uh, about a school shooting that he did. He's in prison in Florida, I believe. And they were interviewing him. And he said that he said he was very uh, uh, confused at first because he realized on the way to the shooting, this voice came in his head and it said something like, you, you don't want to do this. He said, and then I thought, no, I've got to do this. I've decided to do it. I've got to follow through with it. And afterwards, he said, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know that that was my own wisdom talking to me. And now, of course, he's in prison for the rest of his life, and he has um, got to suffer the consequence of him not realizing that his own thinking could be wrong. And that's kind of news to people frequently, is that we don't see that we could have thinking that's totally wrong and not know it. 
And so like people usually start to see this when they think against themselves or somebody else. They do something that hurts somebody or we say things to people that we really don't mean or uh, we say things that we think we mean in the moment and then, you know, later on in life regret that we do that. Parents do that with their kids. Kids do that with their parents. And we kind of always think that the person doing the, the whatever the bad habit is knows and has thought through what they're doing. And because people don't know that everything they think is inaccurate, they don't reflect on whether that's a wise thought or an insecure thought, right? And so our insecure thinking comes in and it comes up with some really creative things to do as a way to feel better. So what people do in their attempt to feel better, like this this kid thought that if he shot the other kids in school, that, that somehow that would make him feel better. That would make things right in his life. But of course it didn't. It made things even more wrong in his life, and he felt terrible about it afterwards. But frequently people do things, and they don't know why they did it. But that's really kind of the the power that thought has in us is that we think something and and no one teaches us that it's just thought, that it's not the truth, it's not coming from a higher source, uh, our higher intelligence or or from God, like that. I I call those thoughts frequently my, my God thoughts, those really negative thoughts that appear to be quite real. Yeah, it's interesting. I had a client um, a couple of years ago who was uh, really contemplating suicide because she had blown up her whole life. Um, She got involved in an affair and uh, she then uh, sort of discovered she had married very young and had three children, a very wonderful husband, a lovely home, and everything was great. But she had felt she missed her youth. So she and a girlfriend had gone out for a girl's night out and she picked up this guy in a bar and she got involved, but he wasn't serious and he kind of dumped her. But then she started picking up guys often and she kind of was leading a double life for a while and she drained their retirement account without her husband realizing it because she rented an apartment in another city so she could carry on without anybody finding out about it. And and she ended up losing her job and starting to drink. And then her husband figured it all out and everything, her whole life fell apart. And by the time she came in to see me, she was just st- sitting in the office, just weeping uncontrollably saying, who does that? Who does that kind of thing? What kind of person would do that? Who does that? And I had to say, you know, a person who's really insecure and not thinking clearly does that. And when you did it, it, it made sense to you to do it. You did, you did a lot of things. You know, you got money together. You got an apartment. You got wigs. Got, you know, you did all kinds of things to disguise your identity. And um, so it was, it was at that time, that was something you were doing out of your deep insecurity to try to, to find something you thought was missing in your life. And now you've kind of awakened, awakened and you realize I just threw away my whole real life for for this craziness, and I, I can't believe I did that, and I can't even imagine what kind of person would do that. And I, it took me a while to get her to calm down enough to see that 
any human being who gets insecure enough without any understanding of what's going on could do pretty much anything uh, that would go against everything that they've ever thought was true before and not realize it, not be able to stop themselves until they came to their senses. And I said, that's not an excuse, and I'm not making an excuse. It's terrible what you did, and you broke up your whole family, and it, you, you know, you're, that's not good. I wouldn't recommend it. But I'm saying you have to understand where that came from so you don't go there again. And that's part of, part of it. Yeah, I think that you know sometimes people go to, I'm a bad person because I had a bad thought. Right. And the deal is, is that we all live at different levels of consciousness, right? And so when we're at lower levels of consciousness for whatever reason, there could be lots of reasons for that, but it could be that you just, you know, grew up in that level of consciousness. And um, it could be that you've just been spending a lot of time doing a lot of negative thinking and your world is, seems like it's gotten worse as a result of that. But the thinking that we do comes from the level of consciousness we're at and it will always look right to us because that's what consciousness does. It takes what you think and makes it seem real and accurate and, and truthful. Mm-hmm. So like people think negative thoughts about themselves and they ruminate about it and they think I'm a bad person. I'm a bad person. What was me? Why would I do that? Why, why did I do that? And then on the other hand, other people think about them in a way where they think, why would you do that to me? Why would you do that? So when people do bad things to us, we frequently get shocked and hurt and um, really impacted by their negative ideas and behaviors because we think that somehow that's coming from their true self, that that's really coming from really who they are in, in their true self. But Really, it's like we all have times that we spend in what I would call negative thinking or insecure thinking or bad thinking, but we don't all take every thought we have as serious. Like sometimes I might think, gee, I could run that person over with my car when they walk in front of my car. You know, like I don't tell anybody like, wow, I was homicidal today because I knew (laughs) that was just a bad thought that came in my head and I let it go and paid attention to driving my car so I wouldn't do anything. And and then it got, it went away, it dropped away because I knew it was just a thought. But what happens is sometimes we think things over and over and over again, or we get into a reaction and we think, I'm going to show you, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to say this, or I'm going to do that. And we do things that we're kind of, when we're in a better state of mind, we would never do. And we question. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the innocence is that when people don't know that their thoughts are not all true and accurate, but that's more of a function of what consciousness does. It makes whatever you think seem real and true. Then um, they're able to not take themselves so seriously. But otherwise we override our own wisdom and we do things that we know. Right? That, sorry, but my dog's barking there. That we know that we shouldn't do. And, uh, and we, we do it because it seems like it's right in the moment. So the, the, important, the, the important thing that people come to understand as, as we come to understand the principles 
behind our psychological functioning and our, our spiritual nature is that we come to understand that nothing that we think is actually really real. It's the reality that we're creating, the illusion of whatever seems real at the time. And even if we're like Mother Teresa and uh, doing beautiful things and taking, you know, seeing great greatness in the most uh, smallest among us, so to speak, um, and we think that's that's just wonderful, it's still just the way we're thinking at the time. We happen to be thinking high-minded thoughts and lovely thoughts about people and acting on them. And we start to understand that we're accountable for that. And the accountability comes from understanding the, the feeling state behind each state of mind. So that if I feel urgent and, and angry and anxious and frustrated and pushed, um, I learn that that's not a really good time to act on my thinking. I probably shouldn't be trusting the things that are coming to mind for me because they're not coming from clarity and calm and, you know, the the deeper feelings that we get in a different state of mind. If I feel stressed and overwhelmed and I start making mistakes, you know, if if I begin criticizing myself and calling myself an idiot and getting angry with myself, I'm just going to lower my state of mind and make more mistakes. So I, have, I come to see making mistakes under stress as kind of a warning sign that I need to set, settle down. I need to step back. I need to get quiet for a minute. I need to walk to the water cooler or something. So we come to really follow our feelings instead of the content of our thought. And our feelings are never uh, a mistake. So like we can come up with a thought that's going to lead us down a terrible path but it's always accompanied by a, a bad feeling. And when I say a bad feeling, I don't mean knowing that what I want to do right now is wrong, but having this feeling that um, I'm not comfortable. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm, I'm feeling low. I'm feeling distressed. I'm feeling terrified. I'm feeling, you know, uh, put down. Those are all the feelings that are, uh, the feelings that are warning signs that say, don't take your thinking too seriously right now. Don't act on it. Just let it go. Leave it alone. See what comes next. And I, I think that that's the, the first thing when we talk about thought a lot, and it kind of leads people to look at the content of their thinking as though it had some powerful meaning. But it doesn't. It generates a feeling state, and the feeling state is what tells us the truth about whether we're acting in, in compassion and peace and kindness and love and understanding and good faith or whether acting out of insecurity and uh, desperation and frustration and terror and all of the negative things. And when we find ourselves in a negative state of mind with an understanding of the principles, we can see that it'll pass if we don't get excited about it. And the other thing is, is that we also understand that other people are like that, Mm -hmm. that everybody says and does stuff when they're in a bad state of mind that is not uh, something they would do if they were in a better state of mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that really helps people to uh, get along better because they don't take each other's worst moods as the fact. Mm-hmm. And they're also able to like forgive the person because they know that it might be them caught up in their thoughts and saying something that 
they regret. And at least for me, that's the thing I, I find is that I, I can, I, I'm much more forgiving of other people because I know I, I can say something that is like really stupid or really um, too blunt or too in your face. That's, that, that's me. And, um, and, and regret it, you know, because I mean, to me, one of the things is your ego, you get kind of puffed up like, Hey, of all the nerve, how dare you do that to me? I'm going to say this to you. And we, that's just our own personal thinking, right? It's like we just get ourselves pumped up to say and do things that are not healthy for us um, and or, or for other people. But they seem like a good idea in the moment. You know, there's a, a story I always tell of these three guys who were um, in prison for a bank robbery. And they had um, been, they did 15 years uh, for robbing this bank. And they got out and they all got a, an apartment together. And three weeks later, they robbed the same bank in the same way, and they got caught again. Now, you know in their mind they were thinking that that was really a good idea, and it would have worked, and they thought about it for 15 years. And so (laughs) when they got out, they did it again. But that's because they didn't see that their thinking in the first place wasn't coming from a place of wisdom. It was coming from a place of insecurity, but they thought about it again and said, yeah, but it didn't work because of blah, blah, blah. You know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we do. Like it's, it, it's just recognizing that people, when they're in an insecure state of mind, do things they wouldn't do if they were in a state of mental well-being. And if I know that about myself, I'm going to be more cautious of thoughts that come in when my chest gets pumped out. Or when I'm thinking of all the nerve, how dare you say that to me? I'm going to say this back to you. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm also going to have a lot more forgiveness and understanding of other people when they do it. Now, that doesn't mean that that's okay. I mean, forgiveness, I love what Sid said in, in Missing Link about forgiveness. He said, you forgive the person, not the act. And if a person is truly sorry and they see that what they did came from bad thinking in a state of mind that wasn't very good and and they want to change that then that's what you want to look for in people Mm -hmm. is that they're different and they're not just saying sorry but really changing so they don't do that again and if a person doesn't do that they're not they might not be safe for you to be in a relationship with them because that still looks like good thinking to them but you yeah. don't have to walk around with it. That's true. And I think forgiveness is something we're going to talk more about on the next uh, podcast. But it really, the forgiveness is a natural byproduct of seeing psychological innocence for what it really is. It really is just doing the best you can with the thinking you've got in the moment, innocently not realizing that your feeling state is a guide to whether your thinking is constructive or not. So the the point to take back to your own life is when you're tense and feeling upset and any feeling in any negative state of mind, your thinking is not a good guide at that time. It's going to, it's going to lead you astray. And when your mind quiets down and when you settle down and your spirits lift and your consciousness lifts, uh, your thinking is clear and you feel good about it. You know, you get, oh, that's a good idea. I'll do that. And it's not like, yeah, I'll do that. It's, 
wow, okay, that might solve the problem. And when you start having thoughts like that, those are the thoughts you want to act on. Those are the thoughts you take to heart. And you can learn to sort of, it's like the guide, the roadmap to your life at peace. Now, this is a little different from the way traditional psychology looks at it. Traditional psychology kind of looks at the patterns of people and then diagnoses them with a personality disorder or with a certain diagnosis. And then they think that's the way the person is. And so, and we all kind of do that. Well, that's the way she is. I don't want to be friends with her, you know? And, and, and so what we're saying is that you're not stuck with yourself okay. and you're not uh, like, you don't have to, uh, get people to leave your life in order to um, deal with them. Now you might want to if they're not safe. You know, if they're in a state of mind where they're thinking it's not safe. But people can change, and when people see that their own innocence, really, and they see the innocence in others, then healing can happen, and and people can be different. With that, I think we're we're going to say goodbye this time and look forward to talking to you next week when we'll talk in more depth about forgiveness. So thank you very much for joining us and aloha. Aloha. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com. 